Hi, so I'm going to talk to you about the quantum computer. OK, and now I need the thing. What's the thing? Sorry. OK, this is a quantum computer in theory. OK, it looks pretty cool, but that's in theory. But let's start with the most basic thing. OK, what is, what is a computer? Like the one you have at home? What, how does a computer work? Well, a computer, it's a machine that processes information, right? So you give it some information, it'll transform and calculate with this information and give you some new information. Okay. Um, now, uh, <clears throat> how does it understand information? It has to understand what you tell it, right? Well, it uses bits. A bit is a thing that's either zero or one. Okay, zero or one, that's a bit. And a computer, he makes sequences of such zeros and ones to encode information. So different sequences represent different information. That's how a computer works. Now that you know how it treats information theoretically, how does it in practice actually make the zeros and ones? Okay. Well, it uses transistors. You've all seen these before. A transistor, it's just a thing where, like it's an electrical component, and whenever you let a current and electricity flow through it or not, but only when you uh, tell it to, okay? So this, this thing is the bit. If electricity flows through it, it's one, and if nothing flows through it, it's zero, okay? So the bit is the transistor. Now a computer has many of these that sit on a chip. It has actually billions of these on a little chip, and this sit inside of one of these black boxes, and you've seen this before, that's put inside the computer, and that's how it works. Now, uh, the more of these you have, the more powerful your computer is. Um, and so we want to put as many as we can on a little chip so to make the computer more powerful. So you make them smaller and smaller, so you can fit more and more on a chip, so your computer is more and more powerful. But you can't go smaller forever. At some point, you'll get really, really small, and then you can't go smaller anymore because you're limited by physical size of atoms and stuff. So then, uh, you can't make your computer any better, and we're reaching this limit in a couple of years, so we're gonna need a new type of computer. We need a, a radically different type of computer which can be way more powerful than any computer uh, we have today, and that's a quantum computer. But, uh, so first, let's step up, uh, let's step back a step and uh, ask ourselves, what do physicists do? Okay. Physicists try to understand the world, uh, how it works, uh, what are the rules that make up our world uh, the, around us, okay? Um, uh, so for example, gravity, okay? Gravity is a rule or a law that explains why uh, when you drop an apple, uh, it falls to the floor. Okay. And it's the same rule that explains why the Earth orbits around the sun. And all these rules that physicists uh, understand, um, <clears throat> they explain what they explain the experience, what we experience every day. And this is what we call classical physics. Now, if we were to shrink ourselves down to the size of atoms, like shrink ourselves and go to the small world at the size of atoms, then actually the rules are completely different. And this is what we call the quantum world. So what's so different about these new rules? Um, here it is. So if a bit is made out of something quantum, like an atom or an electron, then actually it can be in zero and one at the same time. Okay, that's kind of weird. So imagine you have two islands. Well, actually you can have this. You can have two small islands of metal. One is zero and the other one is one. 
And if an electron can jump from one island to the other, actually the electron can be on both islands, zero and one, at the same time. I mean, that's completely crazy. What, how, how is that possible, right? You can't be in two places at the same time. Well, in the quantum world, you can. It's uh, incredible, but that's how it is. And so the, uh, the electron can be, the bit can be in zero and one at the same time. It's called the quantum bit. Okay. And uh, at uh, Oxford University, in our lab, we try to use this weird effect to make uh, on chips a computer which is uh, like super, super powerful. Uh, and that's the quantum computer. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, okay, but what can a quantum computer do? Why is it so cool? I'm going to give you an example of, um, of kind of information processing that a quantum computer can do so much better than a normal computer. Um, I'm going to give you an example of a problem which a quantum computer can solve like way faster than a normal computer, and that's factoring. So I don't know if you remember from school, maybe you guys up there, what factoring is, yeah? So take 15. 15 is, uh, its factors are 3 and 5. So 3 and 5 is 15, right? Take 21. Its factors are 7 and 3. 7 times 3 is 21. So what happens if I give you a really big number, like 1,000 digits long? What are its factors, like this one, OK? What are, what are its factors? It's not so easy. So actually, it would take all the computers in the world longer than the age of the universe, and they still couldn't find the factors of this type of, uh, this type of number. But a quantum computer, he can do that in less than a day. That's how powerful a quantum computer can be. Um, <clears throat> what was I going to say now? <laughs> all right. So. But actually, uh, so the reason why the quantum computer can solve this in less than a day so much faster, the reason is exactly because he can be in zero and one at the same time. The bits that can be at the same, that's the reason why it's so much more powerful. Okay, now you can say, well, you know, factoring, who cares, right? It's just a mathematical problem. Well, it turns out that every time you go online and you take out your credit card and you shop on eBay for something, well, when you pay with your credit card, the banks, they encode your information for security so that not some hacker can get at the information, right? And the banks, they encode your information for security based on this uh, factoring. So uh, it's based on the fact that uh, computers can't factor these uh, large numbers. So if uh, you wanted to like crack uh, code from the bank, then you'd have to be able to factor such a big number. But you can't because computers are not powerful enough. Well, if you have a quantum computer, you could just crack all the codes of these banks, right? And then uh, your credit card paying would not be so secure anymore. So it is interesting technology, and it will have a big impact on how uh, we will do secure communication in the future. Okay. Now, um, I, like I was saying, how much more powerful this computer is, it's like exponential speed up. Okay. And now to illustrate this idea of exponential speed up, I'm going to do a little demonstration with you. And uh, for that, I'm going to need uh, Jessica. If Jessica can come help me. OK, I'm going to use this chessboard. This uh, chessboard, 64 squares. And I'm going to use a bowl of M&Ms. Not for you. OK. And now, 
See this board has 64 squares. And now we're going to take on each square, we're going to put, we're going to double the amount of M&Ms that we put on the square. Okay? So on the first square, you can put one M&M. Okay? On the second square, we're going to put two. Right? We double every time. On the third one, okay. On the third one, we're going to put two times more, which is four. Right. And then on the fourth square, we put eight. Okay, gets, gets uh, already on one square, four is a lot. Okay, so that's one, two, four. Then on the next one, we're gonna have to put eight, but see already there's no more space, right? And then we're gonna put 16, and then 32, and then 64, then 128, and then we go on, we go on. And by the time we get to the last square, how many M&Ms do you think we need? Well, it turns out, for the last square, you're going to need a bowl of M&Ms the size of the Earth to put it on, just on that square. Okay? So like the quantum computer, when you add just one bit, it's like you double the power of the computer. So it's like if you would put a 65th square, and then what you get is you need two bowls of M&Ms the size of the Earth just for that square. Okay? So that shows you like, the power of exponential speed up. Okay, thanks. I'll give you, oh, well, you can have an M&M. <laughs> okay, so that now, now you know how much more powerful a quantum computer uh, can be. Uh, and, well, today, what we have in the lab is a quantum computer where we only have two or three, we're at the beginning in this area, in the first uh, two or three quantum bits. And where we want to get to is at 6 to 64. But uh, because then we have a quantum computer that can do things that our regular computers can't do. And um, it's a long way to get there, but uh, there's going to be technological changes and advances uh, which are going to allow us to get there in you know, maybe 10, 15, 20 years, who knows. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, that's what we work on uh, here in the lab. Now, uh, in the, at the end, I'm going to just say, <coughs> If we go to the lab, this is my lab, <coughs> what, what we have is our little quantum computer that has two or three quantum bits. Actually, to make it work properly, we have to put it inside our fridge. So like you have a refrigerator at home, it goes to maybe you know, like five degrees or zero degrees. We have to put it in some really special fridge that's ultra, ultra cold uh, to make it work properly. And uh, I'm just going to illustrate to you uh, how cold it is inside this fridge. So it looks kind of fancy and stuff. There's going to be, uh, there's like big uh, barrels that go around it to close it up and then cool it down. And to illustrate how cold it is, uh, Amy and uh, Shion is going to pull this little rope here. Right. So take the size of this room for temperature. You're going to have to pull a bit harder, right? Okay. So this is temperature scale. Now in this room, it's 23 degrees, right? About. And, uh, okay, so at home in your fridge, it's maybe zero degrees, that's where water freezes. Then we go to minus 10, you have to wear a jacket. Then at minus 50, you can't even survive anymore because it's so cold. Then you get to minus 100, it's really cold. Okay, I mean, minus 200, that's like, I don't know, it's really cold. And then you, get, you go colder and colder, and actually there's a limit. When you get to minus 273, you can't get colder. Like in physics, like the na nature doesn't allow us to get colder. It's the absolute zero. You can't get colder. So in our lab, 
where we are in this fridge, the temperature, take, this, take the thickness of this piece of paper, okay, and you put it above the absolute zero, that's where we are. Okay. So like above the absolute zero, just a little bit, yeah? A thousandth of a degree above the absolute zero, that's the temperature that's in our fridge. It's really cool. Oh, and actually in the universe, it's not that cold. Everywhere in the universe, it's about here, minus 270, because there's radiation in the universe. So in our, we can actually say that in this thing in the lab, it's the coldest place in the universe. It's so awesome. So, so uh, just to finish, what, what do these devices or a little quantum computer look like? This is how it looks like. We have some chips and then some little islands and electrons jump on the islands and they can go on both islands at the same time. Yeah, that's how it looks. And this is my group. Annie's sitting up there and uh, that's uh, what a quantum computer is. Thank you. <laughs>